welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And welcome to Neon Twilight on Nightlight Radio with Solaris Blue Raven. We had a few little technical problems, but we seem to be functional and ready to go. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Solaris. <laughs> well, hello, Barbara, and hello, everyone. How are you? And, you know, I think there there is something going on in this world because... I have been without my cable or my telephone for almost eight hours today. Wow. And I just got it back. So uh, I think well, that I think that cosmically speaking, there is definitely something going on, whether it you know, I don't even want to go conspiracy theory, but i but but I do feel that sunspots or electromagnetic storms or just shifts in the Earth's energy, something is really going on that is interfering with what we commonly would say um, is normal for us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, did you call your provider to see? Well, obviously you can't call them, but perhaps there's something else going on with beta <laughs> testing. You know, they've been doing some testing when it comes down to grids. I don't know if they're doing anything like that over there. I think anything could happen uh, at may... this point. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's um, it's really very weird. We've been having a lot of weird things. I'm in Tennessee, and we have heard some um, loud noises that we can't um, pinpoint that happened, you know, in the late hours. Mm-hmm. And we have a, we have a, I live in a gated community and um, our, our front gate has been opening and shutting by, mm-hmm. by itself um, mm-hmm. five to ten times in a row and then it stops. Um, and I, you know, we've been trying to figure out you know, 
I jokingly say because there is a cemetery on the property that, you know, the spirits were having a convention, but <laughs> but they don't Possible. need to I have the gate open. So, <laughs> and um, how long does it stay open? Said, does it just go? It it opens and it shuts, and then. 15 seconds, 20 seconds later, it opens and it shuts, and it does that for five five times or so in a row. Wow. Um, yeah, there's something to put there. Well, somebody suggested, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning in this direction, that they're – I'm wondering if the government is tunneling underneath us. Well, that's interesting. We already have underground areas. Well, well, there are tunnels beneath us because they used them during the Civil War, but I think I'm thinking way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And some of the big booms, for want of a better word, that we've heard are are explosions that have taken place underground. Oh, that's very interesting. So, you don't think it has anything to do with the the Madrid fault line or anything, do you? Oh yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Of course. I've been saying it's been interesting. But I'm thinking more tunneling than anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we know the government is doing that, right? So, I don't know. Well, there's a lot of military stuff going on, so anything goes, you know, uh, drills, this, that, and the other. I wouldn't be surprised if they were beta testing some electronic warfare stuff. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, anything can happen in that in that point. Hmm. Well, we do have That's a big army. That's interesting about the noise. Go ahead. Um, but but it's not it's it's a boom, but a muffled boom. It's sort of like hearing somebody slam a car door outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a boom. It's a boom, but it's a boom. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, well, has anybody reported so that, it? Have you called to see? I mean, even talked to the sheriff about it? Uh, you know, we're we're still. Well, you know, most of us are thinking what what people normally think. If we report this, they're going to think we're crazy. You know, <laughs> so well, they might be. Um, you know, wondering what it is. Who knows? Huh. Well, the the gate, the gate, and the the boom and. I have an alarm inside my house that nobody knows where it's coming from, but it goes off on a regular. It goes off at seven eleven to seven fourteen in the morning. Um, I Ooh. don't know if there's a pattern because because um, I have nothing here that has an alarm like that, and it's really really loud, and can't figure out where it's coming from. And of course, mm-hmm. you know the the intelligent spiritual person that I am, I have not kept track of the regularity to be able to equate it with full moons or new moons or anything like that. So I finally have my mm-hmm. calendar out, and, and I'm, re- I'm ready for it now. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's good. But it's, no, it's, it sounds more it's um, linear. Or more, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I keep thinking it's military. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me, especially when you consider what's happening here on the timeline and, and all the things happening with different countries. It makes more sense, doesn't it? Well, it definitely At least does. to me, it does. And, 
I've noticed for air traffic over here, we haven't had any loud noises like you're describing, but, you know, considering your location on the map, that would be different. Well, I know what a sonic boom sounds like, and it's not that. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not it's not an aircraft that has hit the sound barrier. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, you know, the the uh, with the, the the machines that they use to do the tunnels, where they take the, mm-hmm. the melted rock and they create the the wall as as it goes along, so you don't see any refuse or anything. My my thought is, um, we're not Tennessee is not built on bedrock as much as it is sandstone, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure they would need to explode anything. But but that's what my that's what my thought is. Wow, that's very interesting. I know you a few years back they had some some loud booms in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Before um, I forget uh-huh. what they were calling that. But yeah, I think there's some articles on that you can probably find from 2018, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. But that's interesting, you know. Um, I would keep an eye on that. That's you know, plus your radar, your psychic radar. That's obviously alerting you to so much when it comes down to your environment. Spirit, oh, yeah. It's definitely like a combination between the supernatural and the material, <laughs> you know, so technological. If, well, yeah, and and mm-hmm. you know, if it were if it were supernatural, if it was mystical, if it was anything like that, um, I'd feel differently. But I also have felt as though um, I'm waiting for something. And I don't know if anybody else out there is feeling the same thing, but I mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm waiting for something. There is, there, uh, if something is eminent, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm waiting for something. That's interesting. Well, situation awareness is a good thing. You know, um, I I think everybody's waiting for something. And in my opinion, I have this, uh, I don't know, it just feels like stasis energy to me. But there's an awful lot going on. When I look and see what's happening here across the board on the world, it seems like anything can transpire, and especially something where you maybe have to leave quickly or be extra prepared for something, that sort of thing. Well, you know, it's, it's, I am not... um, I'm not a person that, that panics. I mean, mm-hmm. even if there was something that it, panicking is a waste of time. But mm-hmm. I have to admit, I have been inclined to stock up on toilet paper, to to have canned goods here, to have a freezer with food in it, to um, mm-hmm. actually have a, a water cooler with. So I have water. I have backup water. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Um, that's smart. And, that's that's and it's, a very smart idea. I, I know it's all smart, but, you know, to be perfectly honest about myself, I'm not really one that is usually smart. Usually if I decide to do something, it's kind of like if I get involved in something or, or discover something, it's just as that something is going out of style because, you know, I haven't been aware of it for like 20 years. So um, mm-hmm. I'm usually at the tail end of all of the new technology and everything so mm-hmm. for me to be right. to be inclined to do this stuff to me it, it it's not too little too late because obviously i'm still doing it but um mm-hmm. and, and at some point i can open up a small store in my garage but uh just to get rid of it mm-hmm. um so you know it, it's sort of like a number of years ago, people were putting up canned goods and, you know, for, for the apocalypse and everything. 
And I did mention to somebody who had just cases of stuff, I said, have you checked the expiration dates on that stuff? And she went and checked Mm -hmm. it. She said, they're all expired. And I said, yeah, so in case of an apocalypse, you won't starve, but you'll die of poisoning. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a real stickler when it comes to expiration dates. Even though they say you can eat them afterwards, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't feel nah. about that. <laughs> it's not my style, no. But how long have those uh, those booms, how long has that been going on now? How many days? I would say it's been going on for a week. Oh, a week? Wow. The gate, a, a week. The, the gate, um, over a month to six weeks. Wow. Um, and the alarm in my house over a year and a half, and I can't oh my find where it's, I can't find where it's coming from. Uh huh. And 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 it's a loud one. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to talk loud to talk over it. It's a loud alarm. It it sounds like uh, trucks backing up, not beep beep beep, but just the the. the it, it's an alarm. You can't and find I it. Though? Can't you can't be, find it. Though? I can't find it where it's coming from. It, it's. Wow. I thought it was a, a backup uh, battery drive that I had for my computer, but that blew up when we had a power surge, so it's not that. And mm-hmm. um, my computer doesn't have anything in it that would make that kind of noise. Mm-hmm. So right. I got nothing. I, I don't know where it's mm-hmm. coming from. Yeah, microwaves don't really do that. Uh, wow. It'd be interesting to go over there and just kind of snoop around and investigate and figure out where it's coming from. Well, I've thought that for two years, you know, and when it goes <laughs> off, it's like, you know, at a, at 11 after 7 in the morning, and by the time I have staggered out of bed and, and you know, walked around trying to figure where it's coming from, it stops. And hmm. it's like and someone, it's 11, 7 11, that's interesting. 7 11 to 11, 7 15, right in there. That's when it goes off. Hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to keep track of exactly when it happens from now on. I actually have it on my calendar. Uh, <laughs> on my calendar, not only it has radio shows, but it has booms, and it has gate, that's and it good. has alarm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's smart. But also the gate, I would keep an eye on that, too. Keep an eye on that gate. You know, people people can easily, you know, the garage door thing, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Sometimes the sequence and the keys are very similar. Each house has a similar code. So people used to drive around and actually try to figure out how to get into other people's garages by just hitting that those numbers. And so um, just a heads up, not that that's going on over there, but I was always suspicious of anybody who tries to get in through a gate or electronically tries to get through. So I would definitely make sure you talk to somebody who's a manager about that, make sure it stays secure. Well, well the problem is I'm the manager. Well, uh, who else is there? Uh, it's got to be and, somebody. And, and, no, everybody here has... Everybody here, and there are 14 um, condos here in our complex. Everyone has garage door openers and shutters. Mm-hmm. And the main gate is a whole other um, frequency. And right. while, and, and we stood out there and watched it. And at the mm. same time, there are, no, there are no cars going by. There are, nobody has come in or gone out, so that it was just, you know, hiccuping or anything. Mm-hmm. And we're standing out there in, in the middle of the drive, um, dead silence, and the gate's opening and shutting four or five times. And then it decides to stay shut. Well, there's got to be somebody who yeah. maintains that. I would definitely look into it. 
Well, we've had the gate yeah, people out. Good. We've had the oh, I've had the gate people out here three times, and they can't fe- they can't find anything wrong. Oh, really? So I'm wondering that if gonna be, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if they're, they're I'm I'm thinking tunnel under us, to be perfectly honest. And you know, really something. It's it just so. Well, that said, well, remote controls, <laughs> aerial aerial remote control too. They can do that. Could be. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you're tracking any. If you have any air traffic, I don't even know if you have any type of stuff like that going on. That's another possibility. People can do uh, remote hacking, you know, remote accessing. So anything can go at some point. And the fact that you have well, all the cable stuff going on—that's interesting. And well, it's it. I can't tell you the number of times I've had to reset my clocks. Um, and we're like, oh, 50, we're 20 minutes from the airport, and it is an international airport. So, mm-hmm. but, but no, but no, but when the when the gate goes, there are no planes overhead because we did check mm-hmm. for that. Um, mm-hmm. So, and there is an army base around here. So, you know, it it it's camp something, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just it it's now becoming to the point where it's obvious something's going on, and and we're trying to figure out what. But but. Um, you had picked. Let me let me shift here. That was my dog. You had picked. <laughs> Go ahead. You had picked a great topic for us to talk about tonight. I did. So you, yeah, I'm yeah, you about did. Ancient techniques of scrying and self and psychic self defense. Kind of kind of uh, and, nebulous and, in the sense of where we're heading, but yeah. Well, you want to just for those who don't know what scrying is, give a give a <laughs> short explanation of it. Well, from my perspective and how I observe it, it's just a technique we use in order to access a different space-time or multidimensional areas in our psyche to dive in and get information. Um, You can use it through, you know, some people might call it like a remote viewing, you know, kind of a technique, but it's just a way of accessing um, a database of information, however you want to use that. The scrying is to see between worlds, to see in in between um, whether the people have been deceased or not, you know, in so many different realms, the idea is to acquire data through a technique, and usually that technique connects into something along the lines of, um, well, in the old days, something maybe a crystal ball or even a water, a bowl of water, um, something with silver, reflective silvers, mirrors, uh, even lunar lunar energies can create that too. So there's things things you can do to access and put you in a space of of going into a different realm of consciousness. That's my way of describing it. I'm sure you have a different way. Well, no, I think that, you know, you that's exactly what it is. It's a... a Nostradamus used a bowl of water, and mm-hmm. um, and then you know I have a crystal ball. I've never seen anything in it except dust. So um, you know, everybody will will have their own method or way of. Uh, I call it clicking in. Uh, mm-hmm. For for me, it's 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 almost like I throw a switch of some sort, and when I do that. I am in another uh, state of mind, state of consciousness, um, mm-hmm. able to sort of um, access other aspects of consciousness. Um, but a lot of people do it through trance or meditation or um, runners have what they call a, a zone. When they get into mm-hmm. that zone, they are, I, I think they're, they're, doing it, they're doing that as well. So mm-hmm. oh, everybody, yeah. you know, uh, I have a friend who does it folding laundry. So, 
Oh, nice. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's good. You know, <laughs> you accomplish something anyway. at the Great. same time. But but it's it's a matter of taking. To me, it's a matter of putting the ego aside and allowing consciousness to flow into into other realms. Mm-hmm. So and and so many people think that that the only way to get there is to sit and meditate for hours or whatever. And while it works for Tibetan monks. Um, and, and it may work for a lot of people. It, it doesn't work for me. I find mm-hmm. meditation always leads to a good nap. So yep, makes you relax. So, yep. Oh yeah. I so I, I try not. I try not to go there that way because um, I just I just drift off. And and you know certainly in dream state and lucid dream state, you know you do. You are able to get into those other realms and whatever, but for me, it's it's if I'm if I'm working on wanting to expand awareness or or in, gain insight into something, I find that that I have to consciously be shifting to that place inside of me, and then going for whatever it is I'm looking for uh, instead of just drifting. Drifting for mm-hmm. me doesn't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, kind of like floating at sea. But having an intent and, and just kind of setting it fast forward in motion tends to retrieve data. I do things quickly, too, on that level. So I don't waste time trying to overanalyze anything. I just kind of access, and then the data should be there to some degree. And if it's not, it's not. But um, but there, I think these are nice areas insofar as just ac- accessing the, um, the concepts, you know, going into the scrying and the, the, the abilities we have. Oh, absolutely. I, I had a person who came to me once and she said, I'm trying to get into talking to my guides and whatever, and she said, and, and I can't get there. And I, I said, well, what what method are you using? And she said, well, I take a bath. I make sure that I'm clean. I I sit down and I pray and then I meditate and then I chant and I light candles and I light incense and I play music and and nothing happens. And I said, well, just from my own point of view, you're boring the other side, so they probably have gone off to play golf while you're getting ready. You know, I, I said, that's, that's a tremendous amount of preparation when all you need to do is calm yourself and allow information to come through. And that's really basically all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and what she's know, describing a, is more a, like more, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, no, you're right. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, what, what she's describing is more like an initiation preparation, you know, something where you're going to go through some sacred ceremony for initiation, you know, de- you know, kind of preparing, taking a bath and detoxifying, that sort of oh, yeah. thing. But, yeah, I agree with you. you know, it's, it's, and also the, the whole idea behind the teams and this, that, and the other, your higher self, so superconscious is, is what you are, and that's the, how you acquire the database, in my opinion. So you don't really need the others. Although some people do like that, they they do like their their teams and guardians and and the beings they work with. Well, I think uh, one one really neat um, meditation uh, for beginners, especially, is to take an ice cube and put it on a plate and put it in the sun and watch it melt. Mm. And it takes a it, it's it's a wonderful experience of 
taking layer after layer after layer of water away so that in essence in many ways you're taking a layer after layer after layer of consciousness away from yourself to allow a greater flow through um if you have time to do that you know choose a small ice cube you know don't don't, don't, the big hey, don't get a brick <laughs> yeah no big big, but, big but ice is, you know well it i mean if That's you're great. using an ice yeah. cube it's almost like looking into a crystal as it dissolves so that, mm-hmm, you know, right. there is a play of light there and shadow, and it is really kind of cool. Um, but it's it's a way of, I, I think, the most important part of all of it is letting go of ego. Ego seems to be the biggest stumbling block to a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff that we do. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, instead of thinking what you should be feeling, allowing yourself to feel it, um, you know, they're two different things, and it's very, it's, it's, it, you can get tripped up. The ego, the ego wants to be a part of this whole thing, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with the, getting the personality out of the way. Yep. I agree. And throughout time. Oh, yeah. And and throughout time, there have been um, mystics. Um, you know, it's it's really funny. Uh, when I started in this field 50 years ago, um, you know, there were there were a few terms applied to people who did this kind of work, and and psychic was one of the the few that has stuck with. And I hate the term psychic, but um, it seems to me that that wanting to to stretch yourself, wanting to get into the, that kind of a place, it, it isn't necessarily, you know, most people want to become psychic so that they can do readings and stuff like that. And and there's just, there's so many steps beyond being psychic that are so important to us as far as development and evolution and, and um, transition into other aspects of our own consciousness. And... Mm-hmm. So what would you what would you today call yourself if you had to label well, what it is you do? <laughs> I'm a Martian. No, I'd say, you know, I like to say <laughs> psychic too. I mean, I get it. it it's, <laughs> it's been bastardized. You know, that's the problem with the word psychic. So unfortunately, I know. Um, it, it still has its own place in, in mystical alchemy. I, I like to call myself a mystical scientist. I'm a lot more than that, obviously. But titles are titles and illusion of, but sometimes it, people need to at least give you an idea of what they are about, where they come from, or the teachings they've been associated with. So sometimes we, we use certain terminology. But I think it's whatever you feel guided to say you are, quite honestly. I know for you can be a mystic, you can be a seer, a, um, you know, however you want to use your terminology. But I, what I see is we're star beings anyway, and a lot of us have an avatar uh-huh. design consciousness. So it just depends on what you're comfortable with, in my opinion. Uh, but mystical scientist has always kind of stayed with me, I'll, I'll, you know, just because I'm, I go into different realms and I'm very mystically inclined, although I, I don't have one way of doing things. I'm very alchemical and eclectic to some degree, at least in my older years. I wasn't so much when I was younger. So that's that's pretty much what I work with. But, yeah, the psychic thing, unfortunately, it's just like anything else. Everything gets hijacked. Terminology gets hijacked. And then everybody associated, associates it with some 1-800 number. And, you know, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Nothing against 1-800, but you know what I'm saying? It gets watered down. Yeah. It gets dimmed. And, and unfortunately, we, we're dealing with that with everything nowadays, not even just this field. Well, it gets hackneyed. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and everybody grabs onto it. I mean, 
uh, everybody became a light worker about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and then, you know, there there was uh so I used to I used to call myself as I I guess I still do in in a way a spiritual empath. Um mm-hmm. that that doesn't seem to have become hackneyed yet. Um no, it's very unique. I I I used to start my shows with I'm seeking the seekers. And so I could label myself a seeker. I could label myself a mystic, I guess. Um, I get, you know, we're all so unique, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and and almost all of us, you know, anybody can do a psychic reading these days. So, you know, that's not. I don't know if they can, to be honest with you. I think they're gifted, but I don't know if they can. I, I really don't. So I think they can come up with their own version of something that might identify with the person they're trying to do a reading of. But honestly, I think it takes a lot of skill, more than you realize. Maybe you don't, but no, I, I, that's just my impression. No, I agree with you. And and it's it's sort of like, and of course the ego get, always gets in the way. Um, I, I once walked by a psychic fair and I saw somebody using my deck of cards. And I signed up for a reading with them, of course. And <clears throat> she spread the cards, and she was reading them like crazy. And I finally said, "You sure that's what that that card means?" And she said, "Absolutely." And, and you know, she went on, and I I stopped her again, and I said, "You know, I really I have to apologize, but I don't believe that you've you know you're you're tapping into what the cards are saying." And she said. Oh yeah, and I suppose you did the cards. I said, you know, as a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. <laughs> oh, my and goodness. she said, yeah, yeah, right. And I gave her my my business card, and she said, you did do the cards. I said, I did. Did you bother to read the little book that came with it? <laughs> oh wow! And she said, and and you know, I said, if, if you know, you're, you're totally entitled to put your own meaning on every card. But I got a feeling, and I can't prove it one way or another, that you basically are saying the same thing to everyone. And she said, how did you know that? And I said, I did the cards. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's funny. And she was. She was, giving the, she was giving the same reading to everybody. Wow. Well, and, I do see people People do have different interpretations of cards. I mean, everybody has a unique frequency they look oh, into yeah. on a multidimensional scale. But it is, yeah, it's good to read the book or, or the uh, pamphlet, whatever it is associated with the cards themselves, to get an idea of what it's supposed to represent. I definitely agree with that. Well, it's That's just, funny. Um, uh, a long time, who was it? Chris of Curious Times um, mm-hmm. got a deck of the cards, and, and uh, I, I listened to the show where she was using them and, and you know, trying to read from them, and, and I called her up and I said, told her who I was, and, and I said, I'd be happy to come on your show and show you how to read the cards. And they were designed to be an oracle deck. They were designed to be, you know, informational and everything. But mm-hmm. um, so, so my ego can't get out of the way. If I see the cards you being used in, a, in an inappropriate way or not used at all, um mm-hmm. i'll i'll 
I'll jump in. But but it's it's you know everybody has their own modality. Everybody has their own way of tuning in to other people, and mm-hmm. and I I think it, it's it's fabulous to see the different ways that that people do use you know whatever is available to to get into an energetic field and and a reader is mm-hmm. basically reading the person's energy not necessarily the tool that they're using mm-hmm. right well i think it's important to have a know, signature series too and then put your own frequency into the the field so when when original readers usually do that so the terminology is different just like my work is very unique um and i, and I think that's a good thing because we see it with different eyes and consciousness, different multidimensional sight. Um, not everybody sees the same thing. What I don't want to see is cookie-cutter people doing tarot decks that says the same thing according to what the book says. Yes, you can go by that, yeah. but you have to go into another field and realm to, to redefine the perimeter of what's really going on. And, and, and like I said, some of those things are just tools and guides anyway. You're the instrument. It's just a matter of having something spread out in front of somebody. And a lot of times people just want to look at something. I mean, I know it sounds kind of strange, but people feel more comfortable seeing cards on the table and you just holding their hand or just looking at them, you know, and doing a scan. Oh, yeah. So, well, basically, sort of to mind. what I found was that having cards where people's attention were on the cards dropped their barriers so you could get into their energetic field more easily. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, it definitely makes and them more so relaxed, too. Yeah. That's, that's where I came from. But over time, people have used so many different kinds of tools in order to do that, I mean, certainly cards and gypsies, you know, come on, that's, that's, mm-hmm. everybody knows that form. But but there are, are, are tribes where bones have been cast. There have been mm-hmm. um, people, I've I've done gem casting. I have a, a gem pouch that I, mm-hmm. I, I like have those. people cast the gemstones. Um and and you know the certainly the bowls of water and crystal balls and crystals and in runes. and of themselves. Runes are great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, runes are fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are fun. Know, if, yeah. Absolutely, and and they give you a great deal of philosophy to think about, which I think is is fabulous. If you're if you're doing stuff on yourself, that's a great way to go. Um, but mm-hmm. but you know look at look at the Oracle of Delphi. I mean you know that was mm-hmm. you know. Breathing in fumes from a volcano um, and babbling incoherently. Um, you know, when you stop to think about what they did, somebody would come and ask a question. They would sit over this fissure of some sort, breathe in the fumes, and then in a trance-like state, they would, for want of a better word, babble. And then mm-hmm. there were people who would interpret the babbling to give an answer to the person who had asked the question. So my question is, who was really the oracle, the babbler or the interpreter? Right. I'd say the interpreter, the scribe, or yeah, however you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. And it is interesting, you know, like I said, we, we discussed this before. We were looking at Manly P. Hall's work um, discussing that uh-huh. particular oracle of Delphi. But it's the same thing, you know, you're, you're under a particular um, influence and so forth, whether it's a psychedelic or some kind of a, an effect like that, which is obviously toxic to some degree. And yet it puts you in an altered space of consciousness where you're almost delirious, in my opinion. It could be. I wasn't there, or I might have been. But anyway, you know, the idea behind going <laughs> to an altered space of consciousness and having the scribe look at it, observe, 
and and relay the data as best they can. So yeah, I think you're right in the sense of I don't know if you answered the question, but the uh, the scribe or the person who's doing um, the decoding should definitely be the one interpreting. And it is interesting, you know, and they made pilgrimages there um, to that location, so it obviously was successful to some degree. Well, yeah, I mean, it did put it probably put everybody into an altered state of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, um, Andrew Collins and Greg Little have written a book called Origins of the Gods. Oh, nice. And, and um, Greg Little does the first half of the book is, and um, Andrew Collins did the second half. And what what I found fascinating, a number of things. One was that um, for the last 400,000 years, going back 400,000 years, all of the native cultures had basically the same um, spiritual philosophy, not religious, but spiritual, and almost all of them um, used hallucinogens to get into that altered state of consciousness. And and it, it, it was not intentional. It was that they were all in caves way, 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 way back, and they were burning grasses that were local, and, and quite often the smoke from the grasses put them into that hypnotic state where they were able to do predictions and, and, you know, we should hunt here or we should hunt there or, you know, there's going to be a big storm or, or whatever so that, so that hallucinogens on some level have been utilized for over 400,000 years to get to that state mm-hmm. where, where the ego has, you know, passed out and, and all we have is clear consciousness. Right. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the ayahuasca, too. Well, of course, I don't think they were involved in that here. Uh, but, yeah, you know, peyote oh. comes to mind. Mushrooms come to mind. But, yeah, you're right. I think anything can be um, hallucinogenic to some degree and put you in an altered space of consciousness. I know some of their ceremonial um, techniques are very, very powerful, even a sweat. A good sweat will put you in another altered state of consciousness and allow your, your vehicle to really uh, begin downloading higher higher dimensional fields of energy and information. So makes sense. I haven't looked at that book, uh, so it would be interesting to take a read and maybe even interview them again. Oh, I think I've interviewed yeah, them before uh, a long time ago. I, I've interviewed um, Greg Little recently, mm-hmm. and right. I'm going to hunt down Andrew Collins because the second half of the book is, is really quite spectacular. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, they, the two of them do an amazing job. They did the Denisovan book, too, which, again... Mm-hmm fascinating but but basically among other things that the homo sapiens as we are today have been around for 400,000 years mm, a lot longer than so, that in my opinion but yeah yeah well well that and the fact that that um i th- there was a study done by scientists and i should have written it down and i didn't but but basically it came down to the fact that our human DNA has been uh, around longer than the Earth has been around so that we mm-hmm. came from another place. We were seated onto this planet. We did not evolve from it. So, right. Well, that's what I've been writing about for decades. But, yeah, and a lot of other people too. But my point is that, yeah, it's interesting um, that they're finally figuring that out. But we've always known that. That's nothing new under the sun of that. But it is interesting to see. When it comes down to it, I think you're, I remember you mentioned that before too, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, yeah. 
And it's, it's you know, kind of, a, in my opinion, I don't know about you, but to me it's a 101. Uh, insofar as this gnosis of understanding that we're not from here. That cosmic, uh, our DNA sequencing, our, our celestial design work, our blueprint is not from here. And for those who wanted to believe the original data of information, which in my opinion was nothing but misinformation, it's unfortunate because we went through centuries and centuries of people being misinformed. And that's no good. And it's only the seekers, oh, like you were talking about the mystics, that find out. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that that's that's it's really important for people to start questioning. And I mean one of the interesting things, who was it that wrote the book, Frank Joseph, I think, on um dolphins that that in development the human fetus and the dolphin fetus are absolutely similar to a certain point in evolution. Mm-hmm. So that you know, we have gills and we have a tail at some point in our evolution, and then we evolved beyond that. So so did we come from the water, or are we going back to the water? I mean, whales are warm-blooded. They're mammals. Mm-hmm. So, and so are I call them record keepers. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. very old, ancient ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. Very important. So, very ancient, I mean, yeah. It's... it's yeah, you know, if we could just step out of the the antiquity that that our history has become, and and allow ourselves to grow beyond it, and ask, you know, why, and 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 stretch it further, it would be so much more educational for children, among other things. I mean, mm-hmm. kids are not being taught anything these days. It's just it's a little no, scary. No, no, they're not. They're misinformed once again, and. And, and they're going to be relying on more uh, digital programs, you know. So that's that's the method of education now. So. Well, it's interesting that, to see where they wind you know. up. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll be. come back and see it. I don't know. Um, I, I I think you know it, it's you, you realize that your soul is eternal, your spirit is eternal. Mm-hmm. And so you you know that you know you you've been here before. And maybe it's just time to hop to the next dimension or hop to another planet and see, are they as slow in, in moving as we are? Because in, in many ways it feels like humanity is moving backwards. Oh, yeah. They're, they're moving so backwards that it's, I can't even relate to it anymore. Yeah, definitely. And it's not by accident, in my opinion. I think it's deliberately sabotaged. But not by an extraterrestrial. It's more about mankind just, just being um, controlling, in my opinion. Unfortunate. Just I mean there is there is something to be said for power struggles because but but I think we've come to a point in time here where every every new invention, every new discovery, the only thing anybody can think about is how do we weaponize it instead of how do we help humanity with it. Mhm. Right. And yeah. To me, um, if if all of the inventions that had been um, hidden and and buried were brought forward, you know, and and our and our government allowed us to benefit from them, you know, I think I think humanity would evolve, you know, exponentially. But um, they hide it; they keep it from us. They, um, I, I am positive, mm-hmm. cancer can be cured. I, I, there is oh, no yeah. doubt in my mind, and and yet, mm-hmm. you know, we play with these pandemics and all of that stuff. I mean, it's it's just obscene. 
and mm-hmm. science science is so far ahead of what we know as you know as a culture that that um I guess there really are two worlds here in this one world. There's there's the scientific community mm-hmm. that is hidden from us, and then there is the reality we're being fed. And the reality we're being fed is to our detriment, not to our not to our um, advancement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they want to bottleneck the data, but the, I've, I've I probably mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll go ahead and reiterate it. But it's literally not theirs. It's not their information. It's something they've been you know, sitting there doing intelligence gathering for many decades, and they've wound up getting a lot of information, reverse engineering a lot of technology, and now they're utilizing it, and it's cloaked as far as their own organizations, not being utilized on a global scale. But it's not their legacy. It's not their heritage. And I bring that forward a lot because people people need to realize these people are nothing special that have access to this incredible technology. They're not the inventors. They're not the origin of it. They're the ones who took it and stole it and have been running with it, kind of like the um, the, the the priests, the bad priests of ancient Egypt, you know, you can look at it on that level of people who have uh-huh. done something uh, as a disservice versus the, which wasn't even theirs, you know. They have the ring. It's like Gollum with a ring, you know, running rampant. Same concept. But it's unfortunate because we could be in zero point by now. And we do have zero point. It's not in the space time, in, in the illusion of, it's more in, in the exotic technologies. But we we have all these technologies. Yeah, you're right. Out insofar as healing illnesses, of course. And we knew that a long time ago. But it's unfortunate that they're they're still running the game. They're still putting people in drama. I mean, if you look in, and I try not to get too wrapped up in the linear, but you see what's happening here with this posturing going on, even on a global scale, with uh, you know all these countries uh-huh. trying to pretend they're at war with each other. In my opinion, I think they're just shaking hands under the table. I don't think there's any. I think it's just psychological operations. Quite honestly, I'd be very surprised if anything physical really transpires because it's more about psyop and how it's imprinting the collective. So looking at it on that level. Not that they're not doing exercises, but to what degree they push it is another scenario. But, yeah, that's all part of playing with toys, too. Once again, playing with the toys. Why? Because they can. That's why. And who's going to stop them? Well, you know, it almost almost appears as though our reality is is a um, Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) Yeah. I almost expect... Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but it is. It's a bad I, I Twilight Zone episode, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you know, I, the the episode's always had a twist ending, and I'm waiting for the mm-hmm. twist ending because I'm sure there's going to be one. But mm-hmm. um, it but but we I have agree. been on uh on a a an unbelievable roller coaster ride for at least the last three years, maybe four or five, and. Um, it's not like anything's going to come to an end. It's just going to, there's just going to be another chapter. It's like one of those, those soap operas that just goes on forever and ever and ever mm-hmm. and ever. And, and nothing is ever drawn to a close. There's no, there's no, and they all lived happily ever after. Um, right. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> you know, it's a carousel ride I don't want to be on. But I totally agree with you. And that's the yeah. whole problem with, with mankind in general. Because if you look at the misinformation from false history, they've been cycling the wrong material over and over again for centuries. So everybody who's been incarnated or birthed onto this world, they're not, they're not getting you know data that's accurate in my opinion. I think they're getting a glimpse of this, that, and the other. So they're not getting real data. I find that beings who are from another space time who incarnate here or enter onto a timeline already come with the database, so we can kind of decode easier. But yeah, it's crazy, and I, I don't know about you, and we've talked about it too on the show. This is getting crazy for me. It's like I'm getting tired of this. I don't want to play anymore. I'm, I'm like I don't want to play with you people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're better, better worlds, better universes, and 
and much more stimulating as far as evolution and consciousness and no bickering, none of the pettiness that goes along with the territory here. So it's just, yeah, but it is Twilight Zone. It's a Twilight Zone that we probably Rod certainly be flipping in his grave about. <laughs> or be jealous of because because there are so many convoluted um, uh, stories going on over and over and over again to to no end in sight. And right. I think that's what that's what gets to me. Um, mm-hmm. We see things happening. We see it, it. Everything is left hanging. They don't tie anything up in a in a little bow. You know, these people mm-hmm. did something wrong. They're being punished. No, they're not. They're just getting away with it. And, and so we're going to go on to another story. And and it's 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 almost as though there's there's somebody who is not balanced at all in charge of all of this because you know they've mm-hmm. got to be either. They either have to be, uh, 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 oh, I don't know, a schizophrenic, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, be be be, um, depre- you know, manic depressive. I mean, we have we have moments in our history where everything does seem to be okay, and then mm-hmm. suddenly everything falls apart, and you right. know, we get to a place yeah. where where you know we are self sufficient, we are you know secure. People are happy. People are working. You know, there's there's work and there's money for all. And yeah, there's that. But I I think what, at least in this country, I don't think people understand the Appalachia area. I mean, there are there are places in our country where there is such devastation and such poverty that it's unbelievable. And yet mm-hmm. we're sending millions and millions of dollars to other people who are in need. And and I'm not not diminishing the fact that they need, they do need, but we haven't taken care of our own first. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. there's, there's, I agree. there's something, there's something there, you know, my tax well, money is. is, you know, we'll see. That's just it. And, and I think we are as, as a culture, as a people, um, I think that there is an, un, there, there, there is discontent. And I don't know mm-hmm. where it's going to lead to. Um, and like you, I don't think I think there's going to be a lot of grumbling, but I don't think there's going to be any massive anything that goes on. Mm-hmm. Except there will be just another chapter in the whole thing. And well, that's unfortunate as, too. In a sense, I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, you know, it, it's there are people trying to 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 understand the evolution that they're a part of. And then there are other people who are just trying to survive. They they, they can't even be bothered with understanding. They, they're they bothered with survival. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're here on this planet. We're in human form to experience human things, to be able to physically understand the feeling and the emotions that, that are ongoing because we're in physical. And so what are we doing with it? You know, where are we going with it? We we pass away, we go to spirit. Then what do we do with these feelings, with these understandings of of of, of the emotions that we're feeling now? Because as a spirit element, we're etheric. We don't have the physical input anymore. So what do we do with this material once we're in another form? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it transmutes alchemically from my perspective, but you're looking at the emotional body and the mental body, and we've discussed that to some degree, but, but having it influenced by atmospheric conditions which aren't created by us. In other words, we didn't contribute to this game board. At least I don't feel like I have. And you're seeing what's going on with a rogue corporation under the guise of any government who are making insane decisions. And, yeah, I think there is some psychological fragmentation. Irrational behavior comes to mind. When you're seeing that going on, uh, we didn't create that. We didn't, we didn't engineer it. We're not, we're not in the heads of these people that created that. So that's something they have to burden. That's their own personal burden. But what I find is that most people empathically, spiritually, you know, connect in onto it and start riding the field. And they shouldn't. They should actually detach from that. And, and navigate on a different realm of, of consciousness because it seems like we're always toggling between dimensions anyway. When you look at it, you see the etheric, you see the astral, you see the, the bio, what I call the biosuit here, which is the physical body, but it's constantly going back and forth between worlds and consciousness. All we're doing is, is navigating here and observing, but to me it's kind of like I think it's almost time to move on to the higher fields and, and take our field with us, take the biosuit with us and calibrate to a higher light field. We should have been doing this, in my opinion, a long time ago, and, and these people – these groups, these large um, organizations that have been controlling this game board, to me, have been the, a real dis- disservice to everyone here because it's, it's going to be virtually, I wouldn't say it impossible, but it's going to be very difficult for those who have not had, had done any work. They're just going to have a harder time. I think beings like us are kind of ready to move to another field. Not that we're going to transfer out, but it just feels like um, we're, we're ready. And maybe that's what you're waiting on, not that you're going to physically die, but it's a whole different uh, avenue of higher consciousness and a whole different field of perception. Yeah, it's it's sort of like okay, I'm I'm watching now where I have mm-hmm. been involved to a certain degree over over time is now I'm watching now it's now it's kind of like okay, so what does this mean? What you know? How can I how can I make sure that I'm not involved with causing this ever again? How can I use this material and this knowledge and this wisdom? in order to make sure at a later date that I take a different pathway. And mm-hmm. and you know, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's the awareness that that the pathway chosen has not been one that that benefited anybody. Um mm-hmm. and and you know, each lifetime is of benefit to the individual for sure and each person's pathway is different absolutely and you know we're not all we're we're not all going to the same place we mm-hmm. we all are on um you know we're on it it's it's a it's a multiverse it's it's different highways it's it's you, you don't all take the same highway and go to the same place you know everybody's mm-hmm. spirit is called in a different unique direction but um you know, when you see what you see and you experience what you experience, you know, you, you're, you're going to take that information that this was hurtful, this caused hurt, this caused a wrenching internally, emotionally, and we don't want it to happen again. You know, well, the only way to do that is to make the, sure that they go away. I mean, if you look at it on that level, if you look at it, what the cause of problem, mankind is the biggest problem. <laughs> and not, not all mankind, but the majority <laughs> of what's going on here is... is this particular group of beings, entities, I call them entities, that have literally decided the fate of many when they don't have any jurisdiction to do so. So you're dealing with that kind of a thing. So the sequence in so far as what is the solution to the equation is to make sure that they never have an opportunity to do it again. But they're doing it now. And, and that's affecting a lot of people on their timelines. It's affecting their own spiritual consciousness, their own evolution, their own peace of mind, 
that's a lot of damage. That's a, that's a huge amount of damage that they're causing on a universal scale against these beings. So to me, there's accountability. So however that rolls out, I find that these people are on their last train ride to nowhere. So I hope they're enjoying the ride at everyone else's expense. But to me, I find that there's going to be a price to pay for this, for them. Oh, by the way, well, there's you know, yeah. and lightning coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it here all day. Um, all right. It, it just, you know, I when I, but we're not responsible for, um, they they are responsible for what they do, and and you know their punishment, their their whatever, is something that they will impose upon themselves on some level. So that I mean, when you say make sure they don't do it again, we can't influence another person, but we can create an atmosphere where they cannot survive. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think the so universe that, is going to do that for them. I mean, a sense of its own jurisdiction over that and it goes way beyond some form of their belief systems from what I've seen but they've interfered with our lives you know this is my point you know they've walked on our life they've dragged us through the the dark world of of all this disorientation and uh, when you look and you see the programming that's basically psychological abuse when you're deliberately teaching somebody something wrong that's psychological abuse in my opinion that's that's wrong Um, and and it's happening every day so you look at it you're a teacher you know so yeah well, yeah, but the thing is, is that a lesson that we have to learn that we have been taught something inappropriately and, and unlearn it and then reach for something that is more kind and and more evolved, is that maybe the purpose of the whole experience? And, you know, is we we put ourselves here to experience whatever it is we're experiencing and so, therefore, we have placed ourselves in this situation in order to recognize something and make sure that we don't cause that ourselves at some other point in time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure I was actually put here, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm, I'm under the impression I don't think I, I arrived here by my own free will. I think a lot of us <laughs> were here, entered onto a timeline. But, you know, a lot of us are teachers. I don't say this with arrogance. I'm just saying we bring something to the picture that's beyond the space-time. So however that formulates itself, uh-huh. but when you look and you see, how much can you really do here? How much light can you share with others to a point where it just gets dimmed down by the by the majority of, of what's happening with an agenda that's out of control? We do what we can, and then we move on, in my opinion. I think that's with any uh, celestial design or blueprint. I think that's part of our cosmic origins, to be honest with you. I think we leave markers. We leave information. We leave templates. Look at the Philad Akashic. Look at... You know, we talk about the halls of Amente and all these wonderful things. Uh-huh. There's always something in the ether field. There's always something in the invisible realm. So how much can we do here? Who knows? But for me, I tell you, right, I mean, the more I look at everything from a multidimensional space, the more I realize I, w- I probably shouldn't have been here. <laughs> and I don't, I did not <laughs> sign up. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way. There's no way I would have signed up for this. Um, no way. It's, it's just so off and so inverted. It shouldn't be here, uh, this, this whole cycling of inversion should not even be going on. Uh-huh. In my opinion, if anything, it brings awareness to the cosmos and awareness to us that this 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 is not functional, that the program that they've been running for centuries has to be stopped. And that's that's the biggest message I have from my own observation. Oh, I agree. From my own scrying. No, I, I, <laughs> so. no, I, I, I agree. And and yet it's it's sort of, you know, we're here. So Right. Unfortunate. Um, well, not unfortunate, but so, I'm glad to meet you on the timeline. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, this has been a great trip so far. Um, 
but but it's sort of like okay, I you know I I'm at a place here where I'm 78, and it's like okay, so why am I here? What is my purpose here? Um, certainly, putting out radio shows like this is is part of it. Absolutely, kind of like you're seeding the environment and and. And the cool thing is that the radio shows are going to be available forever. So people are going to stumble mm-hmm. across them from time to time and listen to what we have to say and say, huh, that makes sense. Let me check something mm-hmm. out further. Um, your books are out there. At some point in time, I've got five books in the work. I have no idea if ever they'll get published, but I have five different books that are, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I'm writing. And, and it's sort of like, and, and frankly, you know, books are are um, well, they're antiques, but but they will right. you know oh, they'll wonderful. be is it, oh yeah, but but mm-hmm. you know they're they're out there. Amazon is going to be there forever, probably. And well, so the material is the ether too. Don't forget that you've written it. It's already yeah. written in the ether. It's more than likely the book's already there. You just bring it in here. That's what I do anyway. And, and, and so, and so, okay. So we are making knowledge more available to a larger number of people, and it's only it's only our opinions and our knowledge and our wisdom, and hopefully, people will use them as stepping stones to go even further at some point in time. But but I do ask myself often, you know, so what what is the purpose of all of this? Is this helping anyone? And and Every now and then I do get, you know, an email or 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 a, or a letter saying, you know, your something that happened on one of your shows changed my life and and you know, if that's the case then then it's all been worthwhile. Um but but it's sort of like you get to the point where you're in this field and you're you're trying to put information out there. You know, it it's sort of like it it's you know, it it's it's like here's a stepping stone. Here, you know, this is no emerald tablets. This is no halls of amenti. This is just wisdom that I've learned and I've shared. Use it to step on to find whatever it is you're searching for yourself. And that's where I've come to. This is where I am at this po- today. This is where I am today. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of like, but there has to be something more. You know, not that I'm going to flip mm-hmm. a switch and everything is going to be wonderful or anything like that. But, but, but. There is an inner drive to put stuff out there, to to make things available to people, to um, to challenge people to think, to pay attention of the e- to the ego, and to have the ego step aside and to to go into even more greater more greater depth or height or expanse of of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if people like you and I aren't talking, people aren't going to think about it. Well, that's I true, guess. and I think both of us are good at talking. That's why we get along, probably. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but when you think about what you've done, it's more than the radio shows. It's more. I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to interview you in the past, and I loved it. But the idea behind who you are is that you've always been raising the vibe here. You've always been teaching and illuminating and helping people along the way, whether you realize it or not. It's kind of like a no-brainer. So you don't really think about it, but you have changed the field just by being here. So if you ask why, why am I even here? I think a lot of us do that. But we also know we have had a huge impact on a lot of different beings and even on the timeline itself. And, and with the censorship that's going on right now, my goodness, I think that if you can keep the radio shows going and keep archives of information out there, that's very important. 
because at some point, in my opinion, we might have to, I mean, not we, but it might go black. You never know. And uh, it's not like the first time, you know, mystery schools went underground. So you look and you see, I think that there's data is knowledge. Knowledge is power. You put the energy in motion. What are you doing with your energy? What do you do with the energy you're given? Just like a teacher who teaches and instructs, like for me, I'm a, I'm a black belt instructor. So in the past, when I've taught my students, after you receive your black belt, what do you do? Do you sit on your butt and eat popcorn or do you do something with it? Do you teach again or do you, you know, keep training with your style? I mean, what do you do with the energy in your field? And I think that's very important that people look at that. But to me, I think energy up. So what I'm looking at is that now that we've mastered this, these abilities to some degree, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to change the field? Are you going to move into a different space time? Are you going to bring the space time here? I think that the, the whole different energetic that's connecting in, and I think that's um, part of our responsibility to some degree is to, is to bring in the field of energy onto this world. As weird as it sounds. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the end game purpose, I think, of, of some of the stuff that I've got going on. Um, just mm-hmm. just wanting to help to, uh, to to help people understand that the earth is not the end of everything. It's it's a stepping stone. It's um, evolving into the physical and the earth plane is an experience that you know obviously if a spirit requires. That's why we have physical avatars. That's why, and, and that's another thing. People people just have trouble wrapping themselves around the fact that their physical body is an avatar. It's a car. Mm-hmm. It's something they're riding through a lifetime. It's not them. And mm-hmm. and you know to to make them to help them to understand, not to make them, but to help them to understand and comprehend that the, the journey is a very long one. But it's not all in a physical body, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just this particular. This particular episode is in physical. Enjoy it, you know, and for what it's worth, and and understand that that the next time, you know, you you may not be in a physical body. You may be in a, a different kind of body, a different form of vehicle, to to travel through other elements of spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, well, I think we yeah. I agree. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, we're 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 just this is just a stopover. This is not the end game. And and yeah, I think it's the gas to... station. Then they're out of gas here. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we just came here to refuel. I that's all. I, I think there are a lot of beautiful things on this planet. If, if, if have you ever seen that video home? Um, I don't think so. Oh my gosh! Everybody should see it. It's called Home. It's on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and and there's a version of it that does not have subtitles, and it's graphically the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And it talks about the planet, and and it's just it's phenomenal. And I think that that it's a stopover place for our spirits, and and mm-hmm. it's a magnificent place to be. And you know, you you get to the point where it's um, you know, you just uh, gosh, how do I explain it? The Earth being in physical is is a very unique thing, and and you know, you can you can hurt yourself, you can break an arm, you can you can get old, and 
the the whole purpose of the experience is to is to revel in all aspects of it and um mm-hmm. not sure everybody does no just, you know no, it is a pretty place, and, and you have to look at the aspect of it being terraformed several times over, so it wasn't always like this, but still, I, I, I do take um, a moment to look in the beauty of nature, and the illusion of nature, I should say, because everything's been weaponized these days, but it is very beautiful. But I think a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, are so cooked on survival that they've forgotten how to just dial in and be more grounded or more in tune to the beauty of life. I used to love life. I mean, I, I loved life. I appreciated life every single day, every single moment. I must say, things changed after the induction in 2004, and then I kind of Go to a different realm of um, just just a different space of consciousness, but it is important to embrace life and embrace the moment while you're here because you never get to come back the same way. It never comes back the same way, and we all know that. So, um, and that's what's so strange about how people just kind of go fast forward into oblivion when it comes down to just getting so worried about living. You know, the universe will take care of everything. I mean, it sounds kind of strange, but when you when you dial up into the different fields of energy, the universe does have the help, even though it seems like we're in very treacherous times right now. But yeah, but I do like beauty, and I, I love nature. Still have it here for the most part. Try to anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I, I think my that... door. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm looking for food, apparently, but that's another story. Definitely. <laughs> um, no, I I am trying really hard to to grasp a way of putting messages out there that that enable us to, you know, give something of value so that people understand how magical this experience actually is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, yes, they're, they're, you have pleasure and you have pain, and, and, you know, they balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing slow with that. It comes down to that. I think at some point people are going to have to re-identify who they are and at least establish their own territory wherever they are. You know, I'm just looking when I when, when you start talking, you know, I look and I see um, the bigger scenery with a lot of controllers here trying to buy up all the land and buy up all the resources and push everybody off of, a, of an area that, that literally is for everyone. I find that that's going to have to change. At some point people are going to have to make a stand against that. Um, you can't have people privatizing water. And privatizing resources, that's, that has to change. That has to change. So, you know, we've probably talked about that before, but I think that's one of the biggest problems we run into for the civilizations of well, old. I mean, any, any civilization. Well, I mean, the, the Earth whole... plane, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, the graphics are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. The, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, the Earth plane in many ways can be compared to a playground, um, mm-hmm. Where people are are trying to 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 gather power and toys, and it's this is not meant to be a playground. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's it's this is we we are not a children's game where you roll the dice and you take property or you take toys or you take whatever. This is a place where we were supposed to be able to share and to grow and to evolve. And I think one of the things that that has fascinated me of late is that you know when you when you look at history when you look at people who are talking about the history of humanity and everything they all just go back to the end of the last ice age i want to know what mm-hmm. happened before the last ice age mm-hmm. what right. what society what 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 societies were here i know that 
if you look at the ice age, the, the one area that was not covered by one of the areas that was not covered by ice was South America. So mm-hmm. the, the the element the cultures in South America predate the ice age, and they mm-hmm. they are they haven't yet discovered the societies that were there before the last ice age either. So that mm-hmm. the only history we're getting is only about nine thousand years old. 9500 right. years old something like that. Imagine that. I want to know <laughs> and and you know and there were other ice ages and so what were in between those others was was there yet an, you know were there other cultures that rose to a certain amount of industrialization and then you know a comet hit and, and it appears that every time an ice age happens it's because of a comet hit of some sort. Mhm. Right. So I agree. Well, I even question some of the old architecture. I mean, you look and see the architecture. I don't even know if they have the dates right, quite honestly. And some of the artwork and even petroglyphs, I'm wondering. I'm looking at everything very differently now because, to me, it seems like you don't know at what point that was inserted onto the timeline. It's almost like the Mandela effect. It's like, was it there before? Who knows? When was it put there? Was it put there, you know, 100 years ago, 200, 300, 400? Who knows? And yet they say it's this, that, and the other. I don't know. I'm very suspicious of a lot of things these days. So I look at it on a whole different well, level. You look at the Nazca lines. Now, they were mm-hmm, not right. part of the last ice age. And the petroglyphs and everything that were seen from above, um, it, you, you do, and there are Mandelas there, which mm-hmm. I think are fascinating. And and under one of the runways they have they have detected that there is a metal uh a, a metal there is some sort of a, a metal or artificial uh whatever underneath it so was it for landing was it for whatever um or was there a culture that created that and now is no more mhm i right. mean it it could be that it's it's the remnants of a culture from millions of years ago, and mm-hmm. you know that, that's right. why you know I keep I I keep getting very frustrated when the only history we're getting is ninety five ninety five thousand years ago or whatever nine nine thousand five hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and we know the planet's been around a lot longer than that. We know there have been five at least mass destruction events. So what happened in between those mass destruction events? What was here? What did humanity do? Who built what, <laughs> when, and how? You know, I, I just, right. uh, I mean, the I pyramids had yeah. to, it, it, so I think the pyramids had to be before the last ice age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, you know, and it's interesting when you talk about the Nazca lines, too, if you look, I don't know, it's very interesting and it's very artsy and I can appreciate it. But it's also very um, primal. It's just, it's just everything they do here, if you notice, and, and it's, this is where I have a problem. Everything that you see is a shell of something else. It's, it's very primal compared to advanced technology. It's almost as if there could never have been a concept, like we're the only ones that can have advanced technology right now, and that never happened before, and I don't buy that at all. So I'm saying that this is almost like a cover scene where there's a screen and there's an overlay of this, but, but there's a lot more high-tech stuff buried in between the spaces that hasn't been opened up. I agree. And and I think that, that probably 
we were never meant to discover nuclear anything that there has to be you know look at what look at what tesla did he was able to create mm-hmm. electricity that would be free it was earth energy mm-hmm. um, we still have it yeah it. and and I mean, they are. It, exactly and they they are using um that technology with a lot of stuff that they're developing now they're going back to tesla and, and utilizing that energy as opposed to the other kind and and so uh, you know, I think that there probably were. I I I don't believe we were meant to have n- nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it actually happened, but um, because it's it's really it, it's it's interesting. Even if you're looking at at World War II and and missiles and stuff like this, it was suppo- supposedly alien technology that the Germans had, but they didn't have nuclear energy. And mm-hmm. I don't think we were meant to have nuclear energy. I think it was a mistake. Somebody slipped up someplace, and, and it's a tool, it's a weapon that, that, that humanity does not have to have. Mm-hmm. And, well, like I said, everything gets weaponized, unfortunately. That's the problem. So even if they were to use it on a, on a better scale, on a higher scale, Oh, these people are like, you know, they're like little monkeys with weapons. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it, they never learn. And another thing I want to mention real quick when you talk about that, you know, the World War II kind of eclipsing itself right now and the illusion of, you know, we're seeing this, this kind of um, global domination board once again. And in my opinion, uh, I think that's a, almost like a, once again, a parallel bleed through from another false past. Uh, another friend of mine who um, I've had on my show, and I've been looking at this too with the Philadelphia experiment. So we're looking at the, um, and people can believe whatever they want, but the Philadelphia Experiment, the anniversary date's coming up 2023 in August of next year. And with that comes, in my opinion, a lot of huge bleed-through activity. And isn't it interesting how everything's getting, um, all these little boats and ships and strategic defense systems are all getting aligned in alignment with whatever they want to create with their, their psychological war coming up. So just something to think about. I know it was a, maybe it was me digressing in another area, but it came to mind when you were talking about the nukes. Yeah, I think um, it, it just you know it blows my mind that that um, mm-hmm. that we've got all of this technology and and we don't have the wisdom to use it appropriately. Well, they and, don't. We do. Yeah, that's part. No arrogance. I don't say that with arrogance. I'm just saying it's interesting how the people who shouldn't have the access have it, and the ones that really is our legacy. We should be the ones in charge of it. I think that's going to flip at some point. I really do. But right now, it's just, you know, they're, they're not worthy of what they have access to. No doubt about that. Well, look what they're doing to to the food supply with the GMOs. Look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're destroying what is natural. And the, the, the things that are not natural have, don't have the nutritional value to them. That that's no, they want things. to eat bugs though. I think they're trying to get everybody to eat bugs. <laughs> no thanks. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. Um, and at well, the same time, yeah, like they're just they're destroying the 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 insect world with their their um their their insecticides and everything. And and in many cases, it's the insects that are the pollinators that are keeping the cycle going and and you know we're we're losing the bees we're losing the butterflies um Charlie mm-hmm. Pellegrino wrote a, wrote an amazing book called Dust that that 
and he, he, he wrote it a lot of years ago, but it, it talks about what happens when the insects disappear and, and, and everything falls apart. And what happens is when you start at the bottom of the pyramid and you destroy everything, then everything crumbles on layers as you get higher and higher and higher. And humanity is somewhere in the middle. I mean, if you, if you don't do it correctly, you're going to end up wiping humanity out because you've wiped out everything beneath them because it got in the way or the weeds didn't look good or, you know, they, you were trying, mm -hmm. something was eating something else and it wasn't healthy. And, you know, I, I think that, that we are, we are destroying the foundations of our society in trying to control things. And, you know, let's face it, everything was perfectly fine until we put our fingers in the bowl and started to manipulate stuff. And, you know, mm -hmm. we went from, I don't know how many different kinds of potatoes out there down to one, how many different kinds of corn out there down to one, tomatoes, same thing. And, and by doing that, you are in many ways stopping the evolution of those plants into better things, assuming you know how to do it and mm -hmm. make them better yourself. But I don't, in, in doing what we're doing, we're taking away the nutritional value of them. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the problem with mankind, once again, is that I guess he thinks he can do better. Um, well, it doesn't look so good to me from where I see it, but, you know, yeah, I agree with you. They've, they've really made a mess. It's like ducks in the kitchen. You know, there's that book with a little duck that goes in the kitchen. It's a children's book. I think it was called. And he goes in and he makes a mess. <laughs> it's a children's book. It was really cute. My point is that, yeah, he gets in there and he makes a mess of the kitchen, you know. Just, that's what it reminds me of. They come in there and they just, I don't know, just like, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. But they do. Yeah. And it's, it's a mess. I, I can make this yeah. better. Or, you know, let's um, let's destroy the the whole, uh, the, the lay of the land by doing our mining or, or our drilling or our whatever. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's just this planet it was fine and wonderful and sustaining all of us beautifully until mm -hmm. i guess the industrial revolution and then and then it all went to hell in a handbasket right well i so, think that the um the aerial stuff is the biggest biggest culprit right now for our demise as a global evolution as a global society i know they think it's the future but i see it as as the problem so, and in tech, I love tech, but we don't need the tech they're using. We don't need the satellite systems they're using for it. So that, to me, is one of the biggest problems we're running into. And also, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Some of the microwave signatures are getting higher. We have radiation signatures that are climbing, if people pay attention to that. And I think that this, quote, unquote, global warming, which is really geoengineering in motion, you're looking at the um, what's contributing, and I know I've been tracking some of this, that some of the aerial stuff, the aerial uh, warfare, the stuff they've been putting up with satellites is actually creating more more of a problem when it comes down to our environment and our atmosphere getting heated up even worse. So they're not even admitting to that, but I, I can assure you that that's part of it. So, yeah, I think well, they make a mess. But you know what? Kano that that erupted um, in Tokyo, I think. Um, it, it, wasn't in to it wasn't on land, it was in the sea, in the ocean. It erupted <laughs> and it sent so much moisture into the air that we're going to have two or three years of super hot um, environments because of all the moisture that has been shoved up into the air. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think Iceland is another sure. one that just went off, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had almost two straight weeks of temperatures over 100 and no rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been hot, although, thank goodness, we've been getting thunderstorms and, and a lot of water. But, yeah, but another that another part of that is that some of that can be engineered as far as weather manipulation and even uh, inciting and stimulating volcanic activity. So just like earthquakes, you know, there's all kinds of uh, systems that they can use to create those things. So I don't discount anything. Uh, everything is, some can be nature-related and some can be, you know, pushed, expedited by a different type of covert science. So I look at that as well. But, yeah, I've seen the whole thing. I have everybody, I mean, a lot of friends of mine and family, other areas, and it's super hot where they are. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, drought potential I mean, and this I, that and the other. Once again, oh, go ahead. No, no it, it, it's the weather has been amazing, and um, mm-hmm. no, and they they also have been saying that that we were we should be expecting like twenty hurricanes between now and the end of the hurricane season, and there's there's been only I think one or two, and i don't i you know the weather is screwy there's no doubt about it and mm-hmm. i don't know oh, yeah. if it's our manipulation or or uh or or what's happened with the environment or a natural whatever but 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 there's something really screwy and and long time ago i started talking about farmers not knowing how to plant when to plant and when to harvest because of the change in the shift that we had coming here and it's this year mm-hmm. it's even worse I mean, I'm I'm a gardener, and most of my plants have just been burned to a crisp. I couldn't water them enough. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep them moist enough. The, the, the sun was just so hot, and the trees around mm-hmm. me have, you know, their leaves, they, they haven't turned. They just died. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's something very wrong going on here. It's not... Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be a, a natural cycle that we go through every thousand or so years and that we just don't have records of it or, or what, but there is definitely a change going on here, and it's not pleasant. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Well, you know, and you're getting that underground stuff going on or at least some kind of a whatever it is they're trying to do. Um, and I, I've been getting the high frequencies. You know, I, that's never really stopped around here. So we have high frequency. It's not tinnitus. There's high frequencies running, and you have to ask what what's the source, what's what's creating it. And I do know it's probably militarized to some degree in aerial warfare, but that's not that's not stopped for at least uh, since January, and it gets stronger wow. certain days. I mean, it's, it gets to a point where it's so loud. I mean, it, it can wake me up if I'm sleeping. If I take a nap, I mean, I'm literally it wakes me right up. It's that intense, and you know, there's other things going on here. But my point is that you know, I, I remember the atmosphere being crisp and charged with a very natural formula yeah. connected to electricity. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels it feels like static. It feels like it feels toxic. Um, I can't even describe it. It feels wrong, and it's definitely not attenuated properly for the spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what I've been picking up on anyway. Yeah. No. It it feels dirty. And I don't. I I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. dirty like yeah. dirt. Dirty, not dirty like you know, dirty this or dirty that. It's it's just it. I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I step outside, and I'm I'm hit by um, the heat, certainly. But there's an energy there that that just is. It's not friendly. It's not friendly. That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. not I agree. friendly. I agree so that, 100%. So that it's not I think that's the weaponized atmosphere. 
Yeah, no, I I would agree with you because, um, you know, I'm I am by an airport, but we aren't on a flight path, so I don't hear airplanes frequently at all. And there are mili- there is a military base around me within the la- within within 20 miles anyhow. And um, I just you know the big Chinook helicopters do fly over here, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it's a matter of I just get a feeling that there is something going on and and we aren't aware of it. And well, so all your radar is on. That you, see, you know that. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> so, so that so that everything that you see on television, forget it. That's just for show. Has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what's really going on. That's to keep us outraged or upset or whatever. I mean, and the stupidity with you know, book companies want to change a lot of the history of the United States and you know, do all sorts of stuff with that. I mean, it's it's all for show. It's all to keep us, to keep our minds off of or attention from what's really going mm-hmm. on. And, and um, and of course, we don't really know what's really going on. But, but I just, um, I, I have said often that, that there is some sort of confirmation, conflict, conflagration coming. But it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be, Army-wise, I think it's going to be an eruption of the public, and there and and I don't believe that the public is going to know why it's erupting. That's what gets mm. me. It feels as though there's going to be almost as though they're triggered energetically by a signal of some sort that turns mm-hmm. on violence in their brains. I I and I don't know how sense. else to put it. No, it makes perfect sense to me, and they do have the capability to do that. Remotely influenced. That's why I said the aerial warfare that's going on is that that's that aggressive transmission, that frequency that can be very disturbing on, on a mass scale, especially when it comes to behavior modification, this and the other. Um, when you were talking about that military being so close by, to me, I mean, you know, if you're hearing underground booms and they're 20, 20 miles away, they obviously are doing something. I mean, it just makes, well, that's what it sounds like anyway. So I'd look at that as well. But yeah, you're right on. And, and another thing is, I know you can see down timelines, I know you get it, and insofar as, you know, predictions. So I don't. I guess you're not really looking at that, <laughs> but you do know. <laughs> and, and another thing is the scrying aspect. You know, we're talking about scrying tonight, which is you know anybody can scry if you really want to see. Don't be afraid, um, but allow yourself the the privilege to access whatever you need to access for your own peace of mind. Is my opinion. And and part of that is the scrying aspect. But you know you don't have to like I said get the crystal balls out and this that, and the other. But just dialing in and saying what do I want to see here? What do I need to see? And, and allow that to happen. So that's my two cents while we're having this discussion because it. It dovetails right into psychic self-defense and scrying. You know something's wrong. Your uh-huh. radar is telling you something's wrong. Your psychic antenna is telling you something's wrong. So how do you look at it? You just have to see what's happening. And sometimes spirit will show you, and other times you can dial in and see it yourself. So I think that's important well, that we look at these perimeters. Oh, absolutely. And I used to put up a, a, a prediction, a forecast for the year to come, and I didn't mm-hmm. this year. And a number of people have said, you know, <laughs> where's it at? Where's it at? And and it was it was a matter of I I did try, and I what I got was more of a you know be prepared, you know focus on yourself. I mean I it was it was to me um, 
I couldn't find any, you know, I couldn't find any yay moments, so I didn't put anything mm-hmm. up. Um, I just right. wanted to be able. I, 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 I will not put up something when I say, you know, look, your life is changing, and and it has, and it's going to continue to change, and you may not like it, but if you flow with it and you utilize it to, 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 um. To initiate new levels of understanding within yourself, you're gonna you're gonna come out ahead. But you know, it, it's uh, it, it's to me it was it wasn't depressing. It just wasn't the kind of message I wanted to put out there. So I I didn't put a message out there at all. And hopefully this next year mm-hmm. I'll I'll be able to um, have I'll have to start working on it a lot earlier because there has to there there are ways of saying what I'm seeing in a, in a positive light. I just couldn't find them this mm-hmm. year. <laughs> well, I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, what I get from it is this is a blank slate, so uh, create as uh-huh. you go. So if people see it like, well, where, where is the future? Where, oh, so it's a, to me, it's the edge of the black. So it is what it is. In my opinion, I still say it's a jump point. We're, we're at a jump point. We're at a point in our lives and the illusion of the timeline where we need to make a choice. And we will be forced into that choice at some point, I'm sure. Uh, what you're probably seeing also when it comes down to the, the you know, the craziness going on with people's behavior, uh, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before everything just goes crazy in, in every country, in my opinion, and that can happen. So what can you do in between the spaces is, is ride those waves of higher consciousness, stay prepared as best you can, and be aware of what's uh-huh. above your head is my biggest thing. I've always looked and I've always been then, you know, dialed up into and beyond our, our space time, not just like the satellites and not just like the sky and the sun, the moon, the stars, but going beyond it all and really understanding where you are right now in space-time and what's beneath your feet. I think that's very important. It's interesting how you are looking beneath because there's obviously something that you're you're honing in on, something underground, and I think that's very valid. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I Big changes uh, coming. Big changes. Oh, my goodness. You know that. Yeah. And, yes, and, you know, it, it, it it's going to sound strange, but it's all very exciting. Because oh yeah, well we don't because, want to be stagnant. Because, yeah. Well, because we are forced to change and grow, um, we will. So, some will do better than others, but but this is a time where where you can't rely on the old and true anything. You have to allow yourself to utilize what you've got and and to um, to manifest from those areas and and those aspects of self. So it's a, it's an exciting time because everybody is going to be forced to stretch and be creative and and creativity comes in here heavy duty and and mm-hmm. it's for those who say I'm not creative trust me you'll be creative because you'll have no choice and it's fun it I mean it, it I don't want to say that the mm-hmm. the bad stuff is fun but it is fun it's you know how can I make this more pleasant? How can I make this um, exciting? How can I make this a challenge to life as we know it? And uh, you know it, it it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, but it's going to take and you know it's going to take an initiative. It's going to take creativity. It's going to take transformation of self and understanding of our place within the universe. And that's going to be, for some, very difficult. It's going to be mm-hmm. disillusioning for a lot. And it's going to be exciting 
for even more. But mm-hmm. but I do feel the the disillusionment coming, and and it's it's um, it's sad because you know everybody there there are people out there that think they have it all figured out, and they are so off the charts that it isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's interesting. Well, hold on for the ride. It, it, I always say, keep the cosmic <laughs> surfboards out. We always say, it is. every show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it's but important, you know. We, as we get going here on this whole amazing ride, I I hate roller coasters. I don't want to get on a roller coaster, mm-hmm. and yet we are on one. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, it's and almost I like a Ferris wheel. I think it's, a, it's like, you know, when you're on the top of the Ferris wheel, and you're like, uh. You're stuck there. That's how yeah. it feels to me. <laughs> it's like, let's move this thing, you know? Yeah, well, Have you ever been on, on the top of a Ferris wheel at the very top? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's that feeling, you know. I mean, Some people hate heights. I, I'm not really afraid of heights. It's interesting. Um, I, I don't like heights, but, um, you know, if the Ferris wheel keeps moving, I'm okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm stuck up there swinging, not so much. I, I immediately have to go to the bathroom. So, um, you know, and there, it's, it's, but, but it's a good analogy. It really is. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that if people do understand that, that, that we are, we're on, we're on, we're not on a treadmill. We actually are going somewhere. And, and so it's, it's a matter of, just just flowing with the moment and being one with the moment and understanding that that moment will pass and there will be something else that we have to deal with so that so that if you want to sit and agonize and be miserable fine go ahead you can do that you know you got lots of lifetimes here if you have to have them there is there is you know nobody saying that you know this must be accomplished in this lifetime you know you, you got you you have all of eternity you can repeat this stage as many times as you want to but for those who yeah. really want to get on with it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously yep. you are not one of those you are going to yeah. you know take okay. the next step into go, whatever, whatever. yeah but but it, it's mm-hmm. just you know this is only a stepping stone this is not the end game and you mm-hmm. know it, it's, sure. it's a mm-hmm. lifetime the spirit is going to is going to keep going and keep experiencing all this stuff and gathering material and it's an exciting element so that so that it's uh stretch it be creative you know um it, it's sort of it's sort of like if you're at the beach and you never put your toes in the water you don't know what it's like to be carried by a wave mm-hmm. and very true that's a good analogy it, so so that so that you know if you if you get your feet in the water and and you know get out there so that you're you're floating and not drowning um it's an amazing ride um mm-hmm. but but if you're staying on the beach and seeing other people having a wonderful time and you're not there's a reason you know uh take a chance put your foot in the water and and mm-hmm. just just uh, start to start to expand your own consciousness, and, and that's what it is. It's an expansion of consciousness. If you want to keep your small self in your small place on the beach, go ahead. 
But if you want to stretch yourself out so that you can become one with the ocean, that's a whole other ball of work and ball of wax. And and it's 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 fun. And I guess you and I have at least come to that realization that that there's so much more mm-hmm. to come. Um, why just linger in the present when you can expand into the future? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and the future creates the moment. So yeah, I'm always for going beyond the space time and moving in to bigger scenery. So yeah, I agree with you. Interaction too. Don't just be a spectator. You know, don't just watch everybody else have a life and not have one yourself. And I think that you know that's for everybody. You know, you just sit there and watch everyone else's joy and and what they're doing. You want to make sure you're engaged the best potential you have. Uh, that's a very good point you made, and and uh, I agree with you. It comes down to interaction. Well, it does, and and you know, it's it's sort of like you don't experience the greatest of joys unless you have the balance, which is the greatest of sadness too. But the two balance out, so that so that if you take the risk at the joy, um, you know, it makes easier the the other side of it because you know it's sort of like if you love deeply, then the, then the chances are that that love may go away one way or another, but you have the precious moments to in your memory bank forever, so that so that you mm-hmm. know you you never lose the great stuff. So mm-hmm. so you know take a risk and and jump in. Now you know is it always going to be wonderful? No, but 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 if you can laugh at the stupidity, then then you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, That's good advice. Yeah, it is. And 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 it only took 78 years to get here. So, <laughs> you know. Well, you sound great. Well, you don't sound 78. I, I am younger definitely every day. 78. Well, you don't sound it. I actually do feel Well, you know, I well. think I think I am fortunate in that I love what I do. And mm-hmm. when you do, when when you love what you do, then then it gives you purpose and reason and direction. And buddy, that um, you know, when I when I stop having fun, I will stop doing this. But I'm still having fun. Oh, I'm so, glad. Um, and I'm glad you're doing it. It's great. It's fun to well, join you. you know, it, well, you know, especially when I remember to actually do the show. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. I don't know what happened okay. last month, but something happened. Oh, a friend of mine passed important. away. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was important. But, but uh, you know, it's it's yeah, and I am so you know, gosh, honored that that you you decided to you know do once a month with me when I remember. Oh, well, um, I love it. I'm glad you have me. Are you kidding? Hopefully, we don't bore each well, other with tears. I don't think so, though. We have fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that... I hope you all are having fun today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think, you know, you you and I do do similar things, but not the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have people on your show that you talk to and that you interview, and, and certainly I think we've, we've, we've done the same people a couple of times, but for the most part, you know, you, you have other directions you go in, and, and so do I, so... Um, it's it's kind of fun to get together with you once a month and and sort of um, compare notes and see you know where where the other one is going because oh, yeah. I mean for I, I just love all of your books 
and and I have all oh, of them. And um, I have a new one coming out soon. You know, it's going to be on time travel, so I'll get you a copy when oh, it's yay. done. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. Actually, uh, the radio show tomorrow is on time slipping between the past and the future. Nice. So um, good. I'll have to try to get yeah. into that. It's called Time Time okay. Slips. I think is the name of the book, and it, and it's interesting. Oh, nice. And he he gives actually um, um, different um, methods of getting into to time travel, whether it's oh, in the past too. or Who's going again? into the future. Um, let me see. Um, 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 it's okay. Let me see. I have it written down here. No, <laughs> oh, you did because. Um, I was trying to see where where the hell um his name is uh Von Brasher. Oh, Von. Okay, Brashler. yeah, I've interviewed him. Oh, I love him. Yes, Von Brasher. Yeah, He's fabulous. Yeah. Very good. The experience really love him. of Did shifting him into past and future. Yeah, I've spoken with yeah, I've you? spoken with him. I've Okay. And uh, you know, tomorrow we're doing his book and and I promised Wonderful. him we would start out talking about the book, but I wouldn't schedule anything beyond that. We could just take it where he's so good. it leads us. Yeah, yeah you'll know, have him back. Like I love brilliant. him. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's such a nice being. He's positive energy, really bright. Yeah, very good. And he's so he's so Excellent. happy. He's you know, happy. I, That's I what everybody think, should be. Oh gosh, yeah. But you know, there there are some um, interesting books coming up eventually. I have the last book of the mm-hmm. Grail coming up, and oh, wow. uh, the, petri- oh, the petroglyphs of Mu, Pompeii, Nan Madal, okay. and the Legacy of Lemuria, um, awesome. and the, the Physics of God. These are good books. You have a great library there. Oh I'm have yeah, to start I reading do. Some more books like that. <laughs> I'm proud of you for they reading are- so much. I, I really don't read as much as you do these days. Seems like I should. Well, though. the um, the the one um, the one book I would highly recommend to people is um, Matthew Collins, Matthew Andrew Collins, and Greg Little. Um, their mm-hmm. book, um, the origins origin of the gods. Oh gosh, you got to read that one. That sounds that good. Is, yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's on Amazon. I can check yeah. it out. Yeah, everything's on Amazon these days. I know. It's like but, yeah, that, our nemesis. No, no <laughs> Greg Little, Greg Little okay. did the first half, and Andrew Collins did the second half of the book. And I've had Greg on, and I'm going to get Andrew on for the second half of the book. It's it's fabulous. Wonderful. And um, yeah. it's uh, rather amazing. I you know if you if you're going to pick anything up, pick that one up and give it a read because they go into material that is new and different. Very nice. So excellent. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Oh, yeah, no, they. Okay. they yeah, it sounds like a plan. Definitely, they definitely are 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 amazing people, and um, I have to get a hold of Andrew and see if I can get him on. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. some of the some of the books coming up are really fascinating, and then, of course, um, the Hieronymuses have their shows, and Mark Eddy has his show. So, you know mm-hmm. we're. We're Excellent. expanding, and we're yeah, and and of course you're you're going to be back next month too, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, 
Yes. And it's such a good show. I mean, you have such great guests. All of you do really a really good job of your guests and your shows. Awesome stuff. It's uh, it's an adventure. It really is. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a never-ending supply of amazing people out there that have written just phenomenal books. And, you know, I, I'm honored to pieces that, that people will say, oh, sure, I'd love to do the show. So, um we will we will try to keep it keep it insightful and exci- and exciting and informational and and entertaining uh as we can so mm-hmm. give give us where you can be found and how you can be gotten to as far as your shows and your websites oh well thank you and thank you for a wonderful show again today barbara this evening uh, my website's nightshadowanomaly.detectives.com and then i look on on amazon and my show is Hyperspace at KCWR on 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Friday nights. I also have Raven Stars Witching Hour on Saturday nights at 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Revolution Radio. And, of course, I do the wonderful show with you here once a month. So it's been a pleasure, as always. So thank you for having me again. Well, thank you. Thank you for being so understanding about my my <clears throat> not showing up for, my pleasure. last week. <laughs> I, I know you're always very, but, uh, you're very good about showing up, so I knew something was wrong, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Sometimes life gets in the way, and uh, but but I look forward to next month and um, with you as well. And gonna thank you and um, ask everybody to join me tomorrow night for Von Brashler and um, whenever Mark Eddy's next show is, which I can't think of now, but he does an amazing show too. So. Look for us. We're out there, and check the website, and um, we will definitely uh, be around. So thank you again. You are an amazing guest, and I thoroughly enjoy chatting with you. And uh, well, we'll thank see you, everybody next month. <laughs> Take care now. Good night. Good night.